This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Monday, March 22nd, 2021. On this day in 2017, white supremacist James Jackson turned himself in after killing a black man, Timothy Kaufman, with a sword. 15th, 2021. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Today, we're covering the capture of racist murderer James Jackson. Let's go back to the heart of New York City on March 22, 2017, just as the clock struck midnight. A contingent of officers pushed through the masses in Times Square, heading towards the police substation. Along the way, they scanned the crowd for the man who'd stabbed 66-year-old Timothy Kaufman to death a little over 24 hours earlier. Thus far, they hadn't made much progress. The only real clue they had was that Kaufman had been stabbed with a massive blade. Though sword owner definitely narrowed things down, in a massive city like New York, it was still like looking for a needle in a haystack. The officers assembled and debated amongst themselves about where to begin their search. It didn't seem likely that a sword-wielding slasher would be lying in wait for his next victim just a few blocks away from his last. However, it turned out the murderer, James Jackson, was in Times Square that night. The 28-year-old stalked through the flock of sightseers in a jet-black jacket which concealed several knives. When he spotted the NYPD station among the throngs of people, he headed straight for it. They were just the men he was looking for. As reported by the Washington Post, as Jackson neared the authorities, he told them, I'm the guy you're looking for. Then he dropped his coat. The knives inside clanged as they hit the pavement. Clearly, Jackson didn't want a fight. What he apparently did want was a captive audience. For the next several hours, Jackson subjected interrogators to a meandering interview in which he explained his motive for killing Kaufman. Although he encouraged officers to read the manifesto he'd composed, his reasons weren't very complicated. In fact, they could be boiled down to a couple of chilling, despicable sentences. James Jackson killed Timothy Kaufman because Kaufman was black. Jackson hoped to incite a race war by galvanizing other white men to imitate him and target black communities around the country. With his capture, further casualties had been averted, but Jackson's racist dogma was far from unique. As law enforcement delved further into his twisted philosophy, they found his worldview was shaped by an all-too-familiar evil. 
Coming up, police investigate Jackson's descent into violent racism. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa from Parcast. When you think of a criminal, do you picture a killer, a gangster, a thief? I bet you didn't think it could be the little old lady down the street who murdered her tenants. Every Wednesday on my series, Female Criminals, meet the unlikeliest of felons, mothers, neighbors, and unsuspecting lovers with a penchant for dangerous behavior. Discover the psychology and motives behind their disturbing crimes and find out where their story stands today. But that's not all. Airing right now on Female Criminals is our special five-part look at the world's most infamous femme fatales, women who were deceptive and deadly, but not always the villain. Catch these episodes and more by following the Spotify original from Parcast, Female Criminals. New episodes premiere weekly. Listen free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. On March 22, 2017, 28-year-old James Jackson surrendered to the NYPD. More than 24 hours earlier, he'd stabbed 66-year-old Timothy Kaufman with a short sword on the streets of New York. According to Jackson, he'd traveled to the city specifically to take advantage of its massive media apparatus. By targeting a black man, he hoped to win headlines across the country and inspire copycats to ignite a race war. His ideology drew from the same myths as many racists and neo-Nazis. But as his mother later told a reporter, he wasn't a typical white supremacist. Jackson was born into a liberal family in Baltimore, Maryland. He told police that he was sexually abused in middle school, though the allegation has not been verified. According to a suicide note Jackson wrote in 2013, he had violent and sadistic fantasies from a young age. In the document, he claimed that he occasionally tortured his dog as a boy, nearly killing it more than once. He eventually developed an affinity for the Nazi party, sympathizing with their pursuit of absolute power. In 2009, he enlisted in the U.S. military and was deployed to Afghanistan the following year. According to several people who knew Jackson and spoke to the Washington Post, he rarely, if ever, showed signs of overt racism around this time. Jackson himself later remembered his service with fondness. When it ended in 2012, he was left feeling hollow. He started having suicidal thoughts and spent his days trawling YouTube, watching lengthy anti-Semitic, conspiratorial, and racist videos. Some praised Hitler, others argued in favor of racial segregation. Jackson absorbed it all like a sponge. 
it didn't take long for him to migrate to openly white supremacist sites like the Daily Stormer. It was the very same place that one of his new heroes, Dylan Roof, refined his racist beliefs. Roof killed nine black victims at Emmanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church in 2015 in hopes of provoking a civil war. His deranged motivations aligned with Jackson's to a T. But unlike Roof, even as Jackson's racism mutated into an all-consuming ideology, he hid his thoughts from family and friends. The only signs of his frayed psyche were the crumbled remains of his professional life. After being discharged from the army, he struggled to hold a job and relied on his parents for financial support. He reached a tipping point in 2017. When his parents threatened to cut him off, Jackson concocted a plan to act on his hatred. He forged military paperwork to convince his family he was re-enlisting in the army and getting his life back on track. They texted him loving farewells as he hopped on a flight in mid-March, believing he was going to Germany to start his new job. Instead, he was traveling to New York City to murder an innocent man. For several days, Jackson trudged through the city, scouting locations for his crime. He texted his family that he was settling into his new life while making Google searches like how to stab someone in the heart. Finally, on March 19th, he typed up his manifesto. It outlined his aims to kick off a race war, his concerns for the state of Western civilization, and his hatred of interracial couples. The next night, he hit the streets to find his victim. Jackson targeted 66-year-old Timothy Kaufman while he was collecting cans around 11 p.m. on March 20th. While Kaufman's back was turned, Jackson plunged a short sword he bought on Amazon into the man's back. Even with the weapon lodged in his body, Kaufman was able to stay standing. He turned to face Jackson and fight back. Unfortunately, Jackson was able to retrieve the sword and stab Kaufman a second time. Jackson then fled the scene while Kaufman stumbled to a police station. Tragically, he died at the hospital before he could tell anyone what happened. Jackson saw blurry surveillance footage of the murder on the news, but it failed to create the outrage he'd hoped for. He toyed with the idea of embarking on another rampage, but ultimately decided to turn himself in as March 21st came to a close. After a disgustingly candid confession, Jackson was locked up. In 2019, he pled guilty to first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison without parole. The capture of James Jackson took a dangerous killer off the streets. It also failed to grant him the publicity he so cravenly desired. But there is still work to be done to rid the world of his sadistic, racist ideology. One can only hope that the day will come soon when white supremacy is vanquished for good.
Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Kitovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Terrell Wells, with writing assistance by Alex Benedon, and fact-checking by Bennett Logan. I'm Vanessa Richardson.